This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. I'm Abby Turner. I'm a PhD candidate in educational psychology at the Graduate Center and a fellow in the Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. In this episode of Alumni Allowed, I interviewed Anya Paltseva, who graduated from our PhD program in Earth and Environmental Science. Okay, today in the office, I have Anya Paltseva, and she is a soil expert. And we're gonna talk to Anya about her teaching, her research, her community outreach, the events she attends, the books she's working on, her publications, her public speaking, how she communicates with communities, uh, and what her research means to them. We have a lot of exciting stuff to talk to Anya about. So um, it's hard to really contain your career right now, correct? So why don't you uh, introduce us to your work life? Okay, so my official title uh, as of now is an adjunct assistant professor at Brooklyn College, which is my home campus where I did my undergrad and my, um, my, most of my research as a PhD student. But I also work um, at New York, but, um, New York University as an adjunct instructor uh, and New York Botanical Garden and Brooklyn Botanic Garden. I teach uh, continual education students uh, who, are, who want to change their careers. Uh, I also lead the research team currently in Moscow at the People's Friendship University um, of Russia. It's a university for international students uh, where they have students from 160 countries or more. Um, and I collaborate with them on a grant uh, to study soils using express methods. So we try to develop some new techniques, how we can quickly and reliably assess soil quality and particularly soil contamination. Uh, besides that, I uh, do um, outreach and um, I used to do more like workshop, public workshops um, as a part of Brooklyn College Soil Lab or Urban Soil Institute. And now I uh, make a little bit different path. I um, use social media uh, to outreach larger audiences, people who um, curious about soils or plants or sustainable planet. Um, and I do it through Instagram mostly. I started my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. posting my research videos, um, and uh, partially from LinkedIn because it's a professional communication and really great content um, you might find there. Yeah, okay, so I want to pick apart some of these things. <laughs> you had mentioned uh, very briefly, you went over Urban Soil Institute. This, so this is something you said is an offshoot of the soil program at Brooklyn? So Urban Soil Institute was established in 2016, and it's a partnership of Brooklyn College, Soil Water Conservation District, um, U.S. Department of Agriculture, and Gaia Institute. There were five uh, original people who came and created the institute, and I was lucky enough to be part of it uh, from its establishment, and uh, this is a platform, everything related to soils, uh, 
people can get the soul tested through the Urban Soul Institute. They can uh, request workshops or uh, garden assessment. Um, and um, yeah, we have amazing symposium every year. This year we're going to have a fifth symposium, which is going to be um, probably in October. And yeah, we will send announcement in the CUNY so people can attend. Oh, great. Okay, so then that will lead us into your public speaking about science or really public communication about your science. Um, it sounds like something you've been practicing for a long time and you've gotten really good at it. So I, I want to get some of the, uh, your advice about this. Uh, let's start with first that you participated in our dissertation showcase here at the GC and you won. So tell us what that experiences are like for anybody that has seen the ad in the elevator, but they don't know if they want to do it. Yeah, so I was super excited about graduate uh, center opportunity because as an international student, uh, there are always many limitations, but the GC, it kind of, uh, it's more free and more available and they don't really care uh, if you're a foreign student and what your official status is. Um, so when I apply, I loved speaking publicly and I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, to practice as uh, what was really attractive to me and that they would train us how to present it, uh, like a TED talk style using no jargon language and it will help us to make good presentation how to um, present it in a professional method to non-science audience. Uh, and we were trained to do this a couple of times. We practiced uh, including our speech and our presentations. And it was really amazing to be part of this huge CUNY community, which I personally didn't know about because you always stick with your own department mm -hmm. and you don't really know what's going on around. Uh, so there's amazing um, research uh, presented from like about theater department or uh, law or medical field and it's no jargon so anyone can understand yeah uh, so for me it was really fascinating experience to learn how to present the ted talk three minutes talking about my dissertation uh, to non-science um, audience about my favorite contamination great move to well if we're talking about your public outreach and public communication uh, what kinds of writing have you done for a public and and can you talk about that being valuable or can you give advice about it yeah so it's um as a scientist it's a little bit challenging to start to write more creatively uh, you know especially as a foreigner like english not first language so it's um might be challenging, but I always collaborate with people, uh, with my professors or my fellows, uh, who are native speakers who can help me in advice and even like edit my language. Um, so I had a piece last year uh, in the Gotham Gazette about my dissertation research. Um, it was co-authored with my uh, colleagues. Uh, so I wrote about findings through my five years of research at Brooklyn College about soil contamination and vegetables and what to do uh, if you find lead in your soil and uh, how to remediate soils. And it's uh, written in um, yeah, the plain language for anyone to understand, so we try to avoid any jargons. Um, I try to have sometimes some posts on LinkedIn, uh, mostly it's... Um, like on Instagram, people, I get some feedback that they like my post because it's, I can bring sounds to the like level that anyone can understand and it's short and more or yeah. less entertaining. So yeah, that's uh, my way to communicate to the yeah, public. Yeah, it's very 2020 of you to make it, <laughs> communicate your science through Instagram. 
Um, I think that's a genius idea. No, but you're still publishing scholarly journals as well. Yes, I. it was always my goal to publish as much as I can <laughs> because I knew how it is important. Yeah. And I have a very strong team uh, from CUNY and also from like, Moscow, uh, Russian University People's Friendship, and the Italy University of Molise. Those my uh, big teams who helped me with my research. Uh, and yeah, as of now, I have several articles published, a few on the way, and it's always through collaborations with other scientists. And uh, yeah, even from Chile. So like recently started collaborating with scientists from Chile. So we can... Oh. <laughs> so how are you making these international connections? Let's go there. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, a, it's a, also advice to anyone. I always tell my students to invest in their uh, conferences and symposia, any professional travels, professional development they can do, even if they cannot cover through university, they should always find a way uh, to get to the conference, mm -hmm. to connect with people. And it's how I actually met people, because with Moscow, professors I met in Mexico five years ago, we were in the soil uh, conference and we started to talk in Russian. <laughs> and then uh, it eventually it, uh, led us to join research and join uh, projects like they uh, co-organize our urban soul symposium in New York City and we co-organize their summer school uh, every summer this this year we're going to have a fourth uh, year of the summer school that wow. which will be in Moscow and then we'll travel um, across uh, European part of Russia oh, wow. with students <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, uh, with, uh, with the professor from Chile, we actually met in Brazil uh, a couple of years ago during Seoul Congress. And yeah, and that's how you get to know. And like when I uh, a couple of years ago went to Moscow, I met Chinese professor Dean from University in Guangzhou. And I met him here late in Brazil and he invited me to go to China to participate and present at their a French Chinese workshop that only French and Chinese were invited, but he invited me to, to join and I had the amazing experience uh, learning about this really state of the art science in, in China. Um, so, yeah, uh, these collaborations happened because I traveled and that's what I would always advise people, take a chance, take a time. And even if you don't present, just go there to make connections. Uh, do you have advice about like what types of conferences are best though? Cause because probably the more niche ones yeah, so for you guys? That's, yeah, very yeah. good question. Uh, definitely more niche-wise, like professional. So I typically go to soul science conferences, soul mm -hmm. congresses, or even geology conferences would have focus on soil. However, if you want to step outside of academia, it's also, and be more creative to think differently, uh, go to the events uh, or conferences outside of your field. So I some, um, sometimes I get invited to go to events like for plant lovers, which is like, you know, like a potluck. Like last weekend I went with an event organized by my student from New York Botanical Garden um, who is an apartment farmer, so he invited his uh, friends and we had a potluck with like 60 people talking about plants and sustainable earth. That was really amazing to see who else needs my help. And it's not just the soil in the city, but the extra soil in the apartments. Now yeah. urban ag is a big thing and it's wow. not only outside, but also inside or on rooftop. Uh, or like I was, I was also invited to design week a couple of years ago. It's like for designers, I asked them, 
you know I'm a scientist, right? And this is design week, like, I have nothing to do with designs. Like, yep, that's why we want you. We want you to talk something like out different to our audience. I said, okay, I can talk about landscape design uh, for um, contaminated soils. So I linked it uh, to how we properly design gardens uh, to prevent contamination. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, so bec- wow. and I showed different cases that I took photos like in um, like in Brazil or Russia or Switzerland and in America, like what practices exist and how we can make uh, better backyards and safer backyards. And the people liked it a lot. It's like, oh my God, we never thought of this before. Yes, that is, I feel like you probably get that reaction a lot, right? I I've never thought about soil this way. You just are go around the city teaching people the gospel of soil. Gotcha. Okay, think we can make our way around to teaching now. Tell us about your your teaching commitments, your classes, what that workload is like. Yeah, so I teach a lot. Yeah. Uh, you, it's hard to meet another person with such a heavy <laughs> teaching load in four different institutions across three boroughs. I some semesters I have up to hundred sixty students in yeah. four places, uh, but I love it. I love my students. I love. Uh, spending my energy on them because I see how they succeed especially when I see them like graduating what they're doing and then someone tell me oh I met your former student he mentioned that he took your class and it makes me smile uh, so I currently teach um, at Brooklyn College statistics course and environmental science course at uh, and NYU I teach biogeochemistry I will be teaching environmental system science in summer one um, I teach soil classes at the botanical gardens and every semester the maybe schedule is different a little bit but mostly it's earth environmental sciences or um, soil, soil classes. Now your botanical garden teaching, you're teaching like adults, this is continuing education you said? Yes it is, okay. uh, so it's mostly basically career changing people who are tired to be lawyers or journalists uh, or psychologists and they want to do something else, open businesses or they want to garden and just improve their gardening skills and know how to um, save their plants uh, nice. or just for fun, like they're yeah. hobbyists. So they take the classes and they get certificates and I'm glad to share my knowledge about soils. You mentioned right before we recorded that you are also going to be at UPenn coming up yes I, yes I will be teaching um, um, at the arboretum in April 14th uh, landscape architects the whole day they invited me to join them and share my knowledge on soils and teach them how to test the soils on their own so I'm definitely hearing a lot of people are inviting you to things which not only speaks that you're very likable but that you've gotten your name out there in some way how are people finding you what do you think the secret is because we have a lot of students that are you know they're now experts in their fields and and so how do you make a name for yourself in this way that's a good that's a good point i'm trying to make my personal brand and develop as a scientist and bring science outside of academia Um, and i had to work on it myself like to understand that I have to share knowledge. And uh, I think it's just through talking to people and working in many different places. So lots of people get to know me either through sciences like academia or this uh, like botanical gardens, those are professionals, 
but they're not academics, but they're in the field and they're curious. Um, and also people through those different events who are just passionate about sustainability or our earth. So they get to know me from that point of view. So I guess it's through the network uh, like that. And um, yeah, and even the reason why I started to do Instagram, like yeah. soul education is because quite a few students told me, oh, you should do soul Instagram. I was like, who's going to look at those? Like, who cares? Like, I would. Like, people watching this and that. Like, definitely people would. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, it's been successful. And I think if I do more investment in this, it will be even have a high impact. Yeah. So just uh, try to use different channels and put yourself on the market as much as I can. Use different platforms like social media. I feel more comfortable with Instagram. I didn't grow up with Facebook. <laughs> so on LinkedIn as a professional, it's another way to connect. Uh, or the personal outreach, I think, is probably the best. People uh, tend to remember you. And people tend to remember you. Um, I get three ways how people remember me. They tell me. Uh, it's either by um, the way I present. They remember what they said about soul contamination. Uh, they remember my presentation. Uh, some of them says like, oh, I remember your accent. <laughs> or just like, oh, I remember the color of your dress. Because, uh, you know, people have different types of memories. So, I so this always, is your brand. Yeah, I guess it is. So I Bright try dresses, to, good accent, and lots of knowledge. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess it is. So I try to, you know, always dress professionally so people uh, remember, sometimes, even the color of my dress. <laughs> sure, that's so funny. Good. So you're. So I have noticed because when I found you, I I googled and I saw that you were definitely developing a voice as an expert online, which is, which is how you need to be present in the world today. Uh, why don't you tell us about something I think is really exciting? You're also developing a book. Look at all these projects that you can do on your own. <laughs> yes, this is uh, something uh, useful for I think for young scientists, um, especially if they want to go to academia, but also if they want to have a future in the businesses. As I learned through developing this book, there are other ways outside of academia because uh, people sometimes get you know write books and then they establish their consultancy or some kind of business or service or products based on that so it's another venue for people to follow i did it because uh, when i started to teach at botanic gardens i struggled to find simple labs to teach my adult students who are not interested much in science or mathematics or like chemistry but they want to know how to test soil for their own gardening uh, activities. So I started pulling many pieces together and eventually it's like I want to publish a book. Working title right now it's Urban uh, Soil Lab Manual which I will change as I uh, figure out how Zhuzh to yeah, <laughs> how to uh, publish it. Uh, but yeah, right now it's a collection of 20 different activities that uh, people can do on their own or with instructor or instructors can teach students either in the high school or freshman, um, like introductory level science classes mm -hmm. um, or botanical gardens or anyone who is just interested in soils and they want to dig on their own. Like I call them amateur soil scientists. So it's really intro level um, information because uh, what I see on the market, the textbooks are typically more complex, like for senior students, uh, with quite technical that need a laboratory equipment. So I tried to bring it down as much as I could with emphasis on urban agriculture and contamination because 
we all eat food. Urban soils is like still quite new direction in soil science world. Um, and contamination is the focus of my dissertation and my passion. And it seems like you were in the perfect spot to realize the need was there. Yeah. Um, what about, you've also got uh, stuff in here about speaking in parks with community people? Yes. Um, neighbors and things? Yeah, I have done uh, quite a few workshops when ah, we workshops. just came. Uh, yeah, it was through Brooklyn College Urban Souls Lab or through the Urban Soul Institute. Uh, we would uh, come to like my current park or we had workshops at the Brooklyn Bloom in Brooklyn Botanical Garden or even like uh, soul shop events or soul kitchen events um, outside of New York City when we just come to community places and people would come with their soils, would test the soil for heavy metals and would advise them what to do and what not to do and would help us to uh, ask questions. It was all uh, free and we volunteered our time for that. And it's very rewarding because at the end of the day, I feel good about Your science doing is something. getting used literally like on the ground, right? <laughs> Definitely on the ground, right. So I want to make it available to the public and see what people can do about because sometimes they get scared like oh my god what do i do and they start reading literature and it becomes very overwhelming uh for them to figure out and then they like give up but so i want to break it down and explain in simple ways there are solutions to the problem and that's what we try to to do bring it to the public that's amazing okay so uh in comparison to when you entered the program or when you graduated last year and now. Um, can you speak a little bit about your career goals? Have they changed? What are they? What are you thinking? Yeah, so my passion was always in academia. I wanted to be a professor since I was probably like a teenage because my uncle is a professor and I always look up to him and I wanted to be like him. He was he's a mechanical engineer, but I wanted to be in ecology. It was my first major in Russia. Uh, so when I moved to America nine years ago, I I wanted to be a professor still, and I first I learned English, and then I went to Brooklyn College, transferred, and I went straight to PhD. Uh, and my goal was always to be a professor. Um, but the, at the last couple of years of my doctorate program, I realized there are other ways, and I think it's because I start I talked to different people, some of the my. Uh, senior fellows who actually like engineer I have a friend who is an engineer from City College she graduated like a year earlier who brought her PhD work into different world yeah, she created a product device that uh, based on that she developed uh, her company so now she got the grant and she develops it you know like a big company try to um, work with farmers to use this device so that opened my eyes I was like oh there are the options and then some other people do some kind of services they consult people on what they know so now i realize that there is not just academia path but also you can bring it in different ways so uh, potentially i do want to stay in academia but i wanted to broaden up and have applied science to it you like and, all these projects going on right so i want eventually I don't know, hopefully like in 10 years from now, I will be um, CEO of my own company, like Peltzova International Research and <laughs> Consultancy. Yes. 
but still be connected to university because mm-hmm. to have a solid background in science because this is where the expertise is growing and not just to be commercial or like for profit so yeah so i want to combine like i could yes i do on your own but i want to combine the academia and hopefully in the future some business aspects to do it yeah well it sounds like you're preparing yourself really nicely so uh with all of this said what kinds of uh, advice do you have for our current students whether they're scientists non-scientists environmentalists non-environmentalists what do you think do you have anything to pass on to them Yes, okay, so um, where to start? I, probably uh, think what you want to do a little bit in advance. Uh, lucky here in advance before yeah, you graduate. A bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah, so because uh, application processes will take time and um, it may take time up to a year or even longer to find a full time position, uh, especially for, for academia because we will need to you know apply in the fall to get the position the next fall so that's something to take into account mm-hmm. if you don't want to have this gap mm-hmm. um, uh, always uh, use the resources that are available like here the graduate center we have a career center that was extremely useful to me because they helped me tremendously with my cv and whenever i had interviews or applications uh, i would come in and they would give me advice and already material prepared for me as a, my resources so that's definitely something that anyone should use um, I would also recommend to do a homework before going to any kind of interviews, academic or non-academics, because you need to show that you are interested, that you know where to go, you know the mission of this company or department, so you can link and target your speech or your pitch uh, mm-hmm. towards them and see how you can useful be useful to them. Don't mention that you want to learn from them. Say that you want to share with them because you'll be positioning yourself as an expert, not not a student anymore. So it's a collaboration and sharing knowledge and expertise. I think it's important to uh, always look presentable because it's uh, especially coming from different uh, backgrounds, different countries, different nationalities. It's important to look professionally and um, appealing. It's advice I got from some of my uh, senior colleagues not to underdress, don't look too fancy, but just like right in the middle. Make yourself memorable um, in a good way. Yeah, and I think it's super helpful to talk to people from a network uh, and mention them that you're looking for a job uh, because they may have something for you or they know more resources and they could uh, send you to those resources. And sometimes it's easier to, fi- to for them to hire someone uh, they already know. So if they know you and you talk like, I'm looking for a job, it's like, oh, I know her or him, let me hire her. So it's really spread the word about yourself and that you're looking for, uh, for a job. Okay, great. Uh, so for international students, you have a lot of experience here. Do you have any advice about finding work for them? And how, how should they go by, about their job search process? Yeah, so it's, um, it had been difficult, uh, not very simple to be international student. And um, it's maybe a little bit more out of, outside of academia, through, after PhD, it's a little bit uh, more advantageous for uh, STEM scientists rather than non-STEM scientists because right now I'm on uh, optional practice training. As a uh, STEM scientist, I can apply up to three years, but non-STEM uh, experts, professionals, they only have one year opportunity. So this is something to consider and to know in the future. 
Also, um, it's easier for academia to hire an international student rather than uh, companies because they would need to sponsor Yes, when they graduate. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, after they graduate, when they try to find a job, uh, because companies may not always want to sponsor H1 visas, mm-hmm. but for academia, it doesn't really matter. Although it is harder to find probably a position in academia because it's very, very competitive and you really need to apply in advance before you graduate. Although it is possible to find the offer before you defend. Um, But yeah, it will take uh, quite some time. Be prepared for like a second job because it's a really full-time job to apply. Mm -hmm. And my professors, my um, senior colleagues been super helpful uh, to give me feedback on my teaching statements, my um, research statements, to give me ideas about projects. So always run by by some fellows and um, senior professors. They, yeah, my... They're extremely valuable. And even go to interview, do mock interview oh, with yeah. someone who is maybe senior, who has like, seen some interviews, but also like maybe assistant professors. If you talk about academia, uh, they will um, guide, like, say, like, what was their recent process. Or there's here in the career center, yeah. the graduate center. We do them, yeah. Yeah, the mock interviews, that's uh, really, because it helps to release stress or at least diminish it once you practice and you know what to expect. Yes, definitely. Great recommendations. There's another thing I wanted to ask you about. Any uh, outside academia collaborations that you've done? Yeah, so I've been always collaborating with artists. It's my other now friend, former student from New York Botanic Garden, who is an artist. And he is a professor at Rutgers University now, uh, who uh, asked me to collaborate with him on an art project at Governor's um, Island uh, last year in June. We exhibited our joint work on soil and art uh, because he created the compost through using invasive uh, fish uh, species in Illinois River. And he composted through a very artistic way. Um, You can... uh, Go to my LinkedIn and read my uh, article on that. <laughs> soil and art. And uh, this compost can be used to remediate soil, again, from lead. And lead is the focus of my research, uh, lead and arsenic. Wow. So the compost uh, can be rich and, rich and phosphorus, can remediate contaminated soil with lead. So that's basically, he had uh, the solution one of the solutions that um, I've been researching in my uh, science. So we had a room full of our like items, maps, uh, pictures, and uh, some installations, uh, different representations how souls can be rep- um, remediated in uh, Governor's Island's whale house, which is really interesting because it made me think through my research from a different perspective. And now, since he's teaching at Rutgers, uh, we're thinking how to collaborate and include his students to present some of my uh, research findings as well that can be their uh, final projects and they can do their installations as well. So he's an art professor. Yes. Ah, Yeah. Okay, that's great. Nice collaborations. And you got a chance to explain to us what what your actual research was. So remediating lead and arsenic in... Yes, in soil. So it's mostly in the urban soils that are quite contaminated in some parts of New York City and not only New York City, like in the northeast 
farms uh, or agriculture fields. They've been exposed to some lead and arsenic in the past because of the pesticide use. Here it's a lot of from traffic, from gasoline that's used with lead, paint, uh, some industrial emissions. It's all legacy stayed in the soil. So my research was focused on um, first how we assess it, what numbers we get, how it can affect uh, human health through ingestion or inhalation, or through urban agriculture, how it can be uptaken by plants and how it can get through the food chain. And my case studies were uh, New York City, in New Jersey, in the agriculture field. And then we did additional uh, testing, actually we developed new methodology how to test for for lead in uh, Italy. And now my next step is develop even more new techniques uh, with the uh, Russian University of People's Friendship you in Moscow. You said these express techniques, is that what you're talking about? Yes, there are some yeah. quick and reliable ways how to test it uh, within minutes or hours, not days or months, as would typical oh, wow. lab work would take. Oh wow, really impressive and useful. Okay. All right. Well, Anya, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. It was super interesting to hear about your work and your research. And I want to thank you for coming in. And we maybe will hear from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's my great pleasure. First, I want to thank Anya for coming to the GC back in March to do an interview and share her personal career journey with us. If you want to explore your career options, visit our office's site at cuny.is slash career plan or follow us on Twitter for updates. And finally, I want to give a formal sign off as my time at the Office of Career Planning Professional Development has come to an end. It's for a good reason, though. I'm graduating. I really enjoyed producing this podcast and bringing you all the encouragement and words of advice from all of our gracious alumni. I hope all the Graduate Center students listening to this podcast know that they can contact our office to have these conversations with really wonderful and helpful advisors who have been my colleagues for three years. And you can continue to look forward to new episodes of Alumni Loud in fall as I hand off these responsibilities to a very capable team of Sarah, Joseph, and Carly. I hope everyone has a healthy and safe summer, and remember to take care of yourself.